coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Wowie zowie! And a wowie zowie to you, my son. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including a bunch of interesting information that came out about the development of Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And then on Thursday, we're keeping the party going, and we're talking about our impressions of Super Mario Bros. Wonder. It's a real wowie zowie kind of week. It is a wowie zowie kind of week. I wanted to ask you, Mark. Uh, yes. First of all, how's it going? It's going great. And then wowie zowie, where did that come from? The, I. It's brand new, right? It is. It's brand new. They talked about like in the uh, in the development or in interviews. I'm jumping the gun. They were going to be talking about a little. Okay. Well, no, no, I didn't. I didn't include this in the notes. Okay, but. They they didn't like specifically talk about the genesis of Wowie Zowie, like why they settled on Wowie Zowie. Yeah. But they did mention that when they were designing the soundscape for the for Elephant Mario, that Wowie Zowie was a new thing they added. Like Mario's never said Wowie Zowie He's before. He's never said Wowie Zowie before. And here we are. It's something that we will never stop saying. Mm -mm. It's like the new Kawabunga. Oh my gosh, it is the new Cowabunga. It's like the new Cowabunga and the nice version of like Eat My Shorts. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Why wasn't there a kind version of Eat My Shorts? There is now. My Shorts. Yeah, it's Wowie Zowie. It's Wowie Zowie. For some reason, I had a really hard time wrapping my head around Eat My Shorts. Both the like two seconds ago and right now, I wanted it to be Eat Your Shorts. <laughs> eat doesn't... Your Shorts. <laughs> that's Mark, like, that's, yeah. that's still like r rude. Like, you would scold a child for saying that. Yeah. But it's not as rude as saying, eat, eat my, my shorts. shorts, right? I don't know. It would be pretty humiliating if a bully made you eat your own shorts. But would it be... I And I agree. <laughs> no pushback there. But yeah. would it be more or less humiliating if they made them... If they made you eat their shorts? I mean, at this point, I feel like we're splitting hairs, right? Like, they're both... <laughs> They're both, They're both pretty humiliating. Bad. They're both pretty bad. Luckily, we live in a world where we don't have to worry about that anymore because Wowie Zowie Wowie Zowie. That's right. Mark, I, uh, I had uh, a pizza for dinner this evening. Delivery from Krispy Crust okay. down the street from me. Um, and it was delivered by the, the, the pizza man, right? Uh, walked up to the door and announced himself like this. So, you know, it's my, my door, like uh, the front door, like leads out onto like the walkway, right? Um. And our windows are open. The front door is basically open. It's just like a screen door. So, you know, it is a strange, like, you sort of need to announce yourself. Like, by the time you're knocking, people can already see you. Um, but he announced himself like this. Good evening. That's, that's strong. That is a, str that's a strong entrance. It was a loud, low, bellowing good evening. Was the rest of his, like, was that just how he talks? Yeah, it was kind of just how we talked. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was uh, it was surprising because like, it, I feel like I've grown very used to like a food delivery situation being like someone shows up, they uh, like usually now just like leave the food like we're all like contactless delivery, <laughs> right? right? Uh -huh. And then they like take a picture of it and scurry away. 
Um, but no, this guy announced himself like he was uh, hosting, um, you know, the uh, the Hitchcock like uh, TV show. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Albert Hitchcock evening. presents yeah. Pizza Delivery Man presents. Good for him. Yeah, he's got a thing. He's got a thing. Uh, but not as good as Mario's Wowie Zowie, I got to say. Uh, Mark, if people would like to support us, they can head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, uh, where we've got, um, you, if you choose to support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you get access to our once-a-month episodes on miniseries that we do. Uh, we are, Mark, we're approaching the end of NCS Goes Broadway. That's right. In November, we'll be... Uh, releasing the final episode where we talk about, and we've already said this, right? Yes. We're going to be talking about Little Shop of Horrors mm-hmm. for the grand finale. And then, you know, there's a part of Little Shop of Horrors where they say, zip, zam, powie, holy cowie, da, 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 da. Um, do you think that's where Wowie Zowie came from? From I, Little Shop of Horrors? I have no proof that it's not. Okay, great. And then uh, we are also there are the- singing flowers in both of them. I think we've cracked it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we are in the middle right now of the vote for the next miniseries. Mm-hmm. So if you are currently a Patreon member or you join our Patreon before this Saturday at midnight Pacific time, you can cast a vote for what the next miniseries will be. There are three options up right now. There is NCS Arcade, mm-hmm. where Patrick and I play a new game each month that neither of us have beaten before that is available on Nintendo Switch Online or Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, and then we will talk about it. And uh, the goal is for everybody to play along with us so you can be involved in the Mm -hmm. conversation. Uh, The next option is NCS Rank-A-Rama, which is where we will do a new ranking every month exclusive for Patreon members. And And these rankings are, just because they're exclusive to the Patreon, does not make them any less definitive. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these do not have to be necessarily Nintendo related. That's and right. then finally, NCS Detective Club Season 2. We did Season 1 as the first miniseries for our Patreon. And uh, Season 2 could be looming out there. So so get your votes in because that's going to determine how we spend the uh, first half of next year. Um, and you can be a part of determining it uh, if you are a, a contributor at any level on, on the Patreon. Um, also, you should join our Discord. Send us an email, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. And we will send you an invitation. You can get in there and talk to people about Nintendo and about the show and all kinds of great stuff like that. Also, Mark, we were on another podcast this week. That's right. We were on mm-hmm. Video Games, a comedy show. Yep, hosted by Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, we had a fun conversation about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, uh, but also spent a long time just talking about uh, other games we've been playing and stuff like that, visiting Jeremy in a haunted hospital. Yes, that's right. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Yep, yep. Uh, totally worth checking out. Uh, Mark, let's get it. I think we're actually not going to be able to talk too much about it, but let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Wowie zowie, we've both been playing Super Mario Brothers Wonder, but I think we want to save basically all of our thoughts about it for Thursday's episode, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, have you uh, even thought about another video game uh, since uh, starting Super Mario Brothers Wonder? No, I've just been playing Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. Um, so the only thing I want to I, I want to just like float like for right now uh-huh. um, is that. Uh, I think Sarah's on a little bit of a journey with uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. So I just wanted to tease now. Um, I think 
she's not loving her experience with it so far. Oh, interesting. Um, and partially because she's never been a big 2D Mario person. She loves 3D Mario games. Um, and, you know, there's so much of the, like, 3D Mario exploration style stuff in this game. But I I think she's just having a hard time, like, squaring the the uh, perspective and the, like, gameplay priorities together. And it just it's 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 interesting to watch her play and like not be just charmed by it as as easily as I am. Yeah, but I can totally res- I can totally respect that. Yeah, that is I, interesting. I I can respect it and I do respect it. Um, but we will uh get into much more detail about all of this not next week, but on the next episode on on, on Thursday. Um, but Mark, let's uh let's talk about the new releases this week. Today, October 24th, Just Dance 2024 is released, as well as the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Now, hold on. You can't just skip over Just Dance uh, 2024. Okay. You, you highlighted it for a reason. Well, I mean, I I'm a, I will forever be a loyal fan, maybe not a purchasing fan, of Just Dance. Mm-hmm. Just Dance has brought me a lot of good times during the Wii era and in... Uh, during lockdown in 2020, I purchased Just Dance 2020 and had a lot of fun with it too. So, yeah. um, I think it's a fun franchise, and uh, it, the new one is out today. And it, uh, until very recently, I guess was was last year the first time that it wasn't available on on Wii. Oh man! Or was 2020 the last one of them? No, uh, I feel like I think 2021 was on Wii. I think 2021 was oh, on Wii. Oh, and maybe even 2022. Yeah, maybe, so maybe last year was the, I want to say it wasn't that long ago, but that could mean it was anywhere between like zero and five years right, that right. Uh, that happened. I mean, it was at least a, 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 a in the 2020s, right? It must have been this decade. I uh, That is def. I feel yeah. confident. Yeah, yeah, me too. But when exactly in the decade, uh, there, there, there's no way to know. Uh-huh. Um, but this one will not be available on Wii. It is just coming to Switch and all the other uh, modern platforms. Now we may talk about the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection. Yes, the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Volume 1. Releases on Switch. Uh, and then also, digitally, you can buy Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, and the original Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake digitally so you can buy them those separately or you can buy the master collection right volume one that and there, includes all of those there are other like things in that master collection like there's a comic and some other stuff that is included i think even like snake's revenge is in there um too like the nes sequel that's not even made by uh, hideo kojima um so there there are like other things that are available just as part of the collection that aren't like available for individual purchase or like along with I, I I guess it's possible that they come with some of these games, but it's sort of, sort of impenetrable impenetrable to me to uh, uh, sort all of that out. And then also something to note is that there are some pretty notable presentation bugs, like unsynchronized audio and cutscenes and typos and subtitles in the release version of this collection. But Konami has already announced that a patch is coming to fix them. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when. Right. So, like, it, it seems like this thing was coming in sort of hot, right? And they were like, uh, we had a release date. We're getting it out the door on time. But there are some, like, known 
buggy things that they are going to be uh, that they are going to be addressing. And uh, like you can find a full list of like every all all the bugs and all the fixes. Um, and from my like skimming of them, it seemed like it was just that sort of presentational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me wonder if they are if the games are going to run great otherwise, like uh, if there are going to be uh, crashes or anything like that, uh, and they're just not reporting on it uh, and saying that they're going to fix those too, or if they don't know that there are. It it bugs me a little bit that it's coming in uh, like broken, and they're like, yeah, but don't worry, we're going to fix those broken things later. I, I know that's like part of like the implied contract of buying any video game now, um, but it's weird to have it be like explicitly stated. Like, yeah. Hey, it'll be better in a co- in like a month. Well, especially I, I, not that we even have that time frame. <laughs> but also like on ports of games that previously previously existed. Yes. It's like what what happened? What indeed happened? Especially because like you know we're talking like a, there's a there's a PlayStation game. There's two NES games in here. You know, um, and then like the most technically advanced are uh, PlayStation Two games. Like it should be should be kind of easy to run those things, right? Uh man, this is where I don't know enough about video, game enough about video game development uh, to say, but just interesting that this has happened. Yeah. And then on Thursday, Dave the Diver is being released on Switch, the viral PC game sensation that was revealed in the last Indie World arcade. No, I think it was in the last the Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe they're just Indie World showcases. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then on Friday. Disney Dreamlight Valley Cozy Edition. Okay, now tell me about this. Yeah, okay. So Disney You've Dreamlight- piqued my interest. Yes, Disney Dreamlight Valley Cozy Edition uh-huh. is an exclusive retail offering. I'm literally just reading the uh, marketing copy at this okay. point. <laughs> it's an exclusive retail offering of Disney Dreamlight Valley featuring a sticker set, oh. collectible poster, uh-huh. and full access to the base game and exclusive digital bonuses. Do we know what this costs? Uh, you think, you would think that I thought to see that because I, uh, was looking at this on Amazon. That's where I got this marketing copy from, but I, in fact, did not do that. So I don't know. I'm going to guess 40 bucks. Uh, okay. I, I just tried Googling it, but. I think my internet is down. I think your internet is down. <laughs> so, so I don't think so. I don't think we can. I don't, I don't think, think that's we can, accomplishable right now. We, we are literally we are yeah, in the dark. We don't know. Right, right, right. We might be flying blind. I don't know if we're going to be able to do 433 when we get to it. <laughs> we can use our. I'll use my phone. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out because I do already have the video loaded, so it, it, it might it might work anyway. Um, there are um a few uh oh okay so uh the this Disney Dreamlight Valley uh, cozy edition. Um, Mark, is this going to be the thing that pushes you over the edge? No, a physical version with stickers is not going to be the thing that uh, pushes me over the edge. I, I do feel like I can say that pretty definitively. You, you can hold out hope. Yeah. For, okay, great. Um, uh, there, there's also a, a Sega and uh, Atlas sale that's uh, uh, going on right now. It's actually a fair number of, of sales uh, from now through the end of the month. Forty nine ninety nine. Forty nine ninety nine. I okay. googled it mm-hmm. on because my internet's still down. Don't worry. It's uh, but I turned off Wi Fi on my phone. Oh, smart. I don't know why I feel the need to explain this, but yeah. that's how I'm I got this did. information. I mean, yeah. otherwise, 40, otherwise we wouldn't know. Forty nine ninety nine. Um, I gotta say, it was uh, it was disarming for me when I tried to Google something. And I was just, it said no internet. I thought it was my fault. It's like the dark ages. I, yeah, that's right. What's going on? <laughs> um, 
anyway, the Sega and Atlas sale. There's a there are a, a handful of sales in Namco Bandai. Uh, Bandai Namco, sorry, is uh, doing uh, a sale as well through the end of the month. Um, but I just wanted to highlight some of the uh, Sega and Atlas games that are on sale. Um, Catherine Full Body, a game that I love, is twelve and a half dollars. Did you know that um, Sega made both the uh, Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo 2020 Games and just like the Olympic Games, the official game for the Olympic Games? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Um, and uh, also that uh, Mario and Sonic is priced at 60 bucks normally, but the un-Mario and Sonic Olympics game is priced at $40. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That people will pay the extra $20 for Mario and Sonic? Yeah. I think they would do it just for Mario. <laughs> um Anyway, both of those are on sale. All of the Persona games are on sale. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris, all of those are on sale. Uh, and a bunch of other stuff like that. Some Sonic games, Mark. I know uh, we were talking with Jeremy about, like, he likes the new um, Sonic Superstars. Uh, so if anyone is interested in picking up uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate, Sonic Forces, or Sonic Mania, they are all uh, way cheaper than they normally are. Um, all right. Uh, Mark, let's close out the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show, Who Knows If It'll Work, called uh, 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of the show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um... Right. We were going to do this. Is your internet still down, Mark? My internet is still down. I have it on my phone. Okay, so we can just trade your phone back and forth? Yeah, we can trade my phone okay, back and great, forth. Great, great, great. We are going to be talking. We're going to see if we can guess the most popular Halloween costume for every year starting in 2015 and working backwards. Yes, that's okay. right. And this comes from Seventeen Magazine. And uh, good on Seventeen Magazine. For citing their sources, I looked at multiple different websites that had lists like this. And one, the list didn't make any sense. Right. And two, nobody said where they got their information from. But 17.com tells us that they got their information from uh, HalloweenCostumes.com and the National Retail Federation. So at least it's, it's uh, so someone representing somewhere data that had, like, what costumes were purchased yes. that year. Yeah. All right. Okay. Starting with 2015. So, Patrick, I am looking at 2015. Okay, great. And you are I am going not. to guess. I have to guess what it is. What 2015 is, yes. Okay. So, I'm going to start with just a, a, a blanket question. Is it a, a gendered costume? Uh, it is. It is a gendered okay. costume. And it, so, uh, 2015, we're probably, uh, it's like pre, hmm. Are we in, like, superhero territory? We are in superhero territory. Okay. Is it a male superhero? It's not. Okay. Um, it's a villain. A female villain. Uh-huh. Harley Quinn. Yes. 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 2015. Oh, yeah. The other thing is that this article that we're pulling from was published in 2016. Oh, yeah. That's right. So Before that's Halloween that's 2016. Right. That's right. So, okay. So, I, th I think in the phone version, you just scroll down. You don't okay, even have great. to, like, go next to the slide. Okay. So, next, Mark, we've got... Uh, 2014. Okay, all right. Um, uh, uh, is it a from a movie? Yes. Okay, it's from a movie, and it is the title character of a movie. It's the title character of a movie. Is it um, is it gendered? You you bet. Okay, 
And I'm guessing from because of, I mean this is because of seventeen that is it a female? Yes, it's a female character. Okay. Also, while it is the title character of one movie, it is just the villain in a different movie. The title character of one movie, uh-huh. and the villain in a different movie. Yes. Okay, superhero related? No, not superhero related. Is it like dystopian young adult? No, no, not dystopian young adult. Also, I can see the um, uh, the video of four thirty three that we have <laughs> is just timing out here. <laughs> this is a disaster. Oh wait, 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 wait. This uh. Uh, is it from a like fairy tale? Yes. And is it from a Disney fairy tale? Yes, it is. Is it Maleficent? It's Maleficent. Okay. Yes. All okay. Right. There you go. Uh, I've I've started a timer on my phone for I think two minutes. <laughs> okay. I uh, this is from 2013. Okay, 2013. Is it also from a movie? It's not from a movie. Not from a movie. This okay. is a real life person. This is a real life person. 2013. Uh huh. Uh, is it a uh, a political figure? It, it, no, it's not a political figure. Is it a not a political figure? 2013. It's a musician. A, a performer. musician. Okay, yep. a, a performer. Jeez, uh, is 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 there like a big weird head involved? <laughs> is there a big weird head involved? I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say no. I'm saying it's not Dead Mouse. It's oh, not. Oh no, Daft no, no, it's not. It's, it's not, not. It's not. It's okay, not. It's okay, not. It's not. Um, it's a musician. Is it a like contemporary musician? Yeah. Is it Ariana Grande? It's not, but you're not like totally off track with that guess. Uh, she Lady Gaga? No, no, younger. Okay. She younger. Um, okay. But she was a Disney Channel star. Um, this is where I just had to like feign ignorance. You I don't think definitely I definitely know this one. Uh, do uh, I? <laughs> her, she was uh-huh. Anna Montana. Okay, so yes, then Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. like the Wrecking Ball costume? I, my, yeah. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> all right, all right. Twenty twelve. Uh-huh. Uh, Mark. Uh, this is also a musician. Oh, okay, a musician. Uh huh. Um, you know him from one song, and more specifically, one dance. Oh wait, wait, wait. From twenty twelve. Yeah. Oh, this is definitely. Oh my gosh, what is uh. Uh, Korean, right? Yep. Oh, I'm gonna get there. I know. Uh, Psy? Yes. Okay, from uh, Gangnam Style, style yeah. right? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Um. Okay. This is th- 2011. 2011. This. This is our last one. This the time last one. We're gonna guess it. Okay. Yeah. Um. And actually, I think we should do. You should do another one after. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so 2011. Right, okay. Is this another musician? It is not. Okay. Is it a character from a movie? Not a movie. Okay, but a TV show. A TV show. 2011? Uh-huh. Uh, is it like from like a prestige drama? No. No, okay. Uh, is it from a comedy? Y- yes. Okay. Like an hour-long dramedy, I would say. Hour- a musical dramedy. Uh, Crazy Act Girlfriend? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, 2011. Oh, okay. So uh, this is, um, oh, uh, what was it? Like Gallivant? What was the name of that thing? No, no, no. Not, not, okay, okay. not, I I uh, think like. Um, a um, musical comedy? High school. High school. Oh, so the uh, uh, high school musical? No. Oh, well, Fox. Then... Uh, think show choir. Oh, Glee. Yeah, it's from Glee. Okay, okay. So uh-huh. is, is it Jane Lynch's character? Yes. Okay, uh-huh. Sue great. Sylvester. <laughs> great, great. Okay. Uh, last one. This will be 2010. Yeah, 2010, Mark. And then we've made it through six of these. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
Um, okay. Uh, singer? No. Okay. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, okay. Not primarily known as a singer. All right. Uh, ac- uh, but a real person. A real person. Okay. Um, Emphasis on the real, but also putting that in quotes. In 2010, yes, came casting my mind back to yeah. 13 years ago. What That's was right. in like pop culture at that uh-huh. time? Yeah. Um. So television personality, reality television personality. There we go. Not from. Wait, from the hills or not from the hills? Not from the hills, but from MTV. Uh, no, I don't believe so. The VH1. I, I don't uh, actually I don't know where this is such a cultural behemoth that I can't trace it back to okay oh, and of course I just <laughs> stop um it, okay it's a, it's a woman it's a woman uh-huh is it from Jersey Shore yep okay Snooky. it's Snooky. okay right. yeah all right what was Jersey Shore on uh I want to say MTV or VH1. It's definitely one of those two. It seems like it was so big that it was on like network TV, right? <laughs> no, it, it was it, everywhere. It, it was everywhere. <laughs> That's just the power of Snooky. Uh, we were accompanied today in part by pianist <laughs> Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. This episode's got some energy, man. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Wonder yeah. is the big news of the past week in the world of Nintendo. And with major game releases, Nintendo's been publishing these series online on the on their website called Ask the Developer, which are very similar to the old Iwata Asks format, mm-hmm. except now the facilitator is a mystery. Ooh. You, you, it's just like qu- these questions from nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but there's lots of fun information about the development of Super Mario Bros. Wonder that was revealed in this series. And so these are just some of the highlights. So the game's director, Shiro Mori, talked about the direction and goal of the game. And this is what he said, quote, When I think back to the first time I played the original Super Mario Brothers game, I remember feeling that it was full of hidden surprises and wonders. Coins would come out when you hit the blocks, and your body would grow bigger than with Super Mushrooms. Back then, everything was new and packed with unexpected delights. However, now that the Super Mario games have been enjoyed by players for many years, those things have somehow become ordinary. Yes. That's why Tezuka-san's goal was to create moments that even modern players would find unexpected and wondrous. But the reality of coming up with something that would elicit a sense of wonder from a modern audience was quite difficult. We did a lot of prototyping, but because the development team was small then, it took us time to find the core of what we want to achieve. Previous 2D Mario games featured variations of challenges that would scale up in difficulty as players progressed. This time, though, we decided not to focus on creating such variations, but rather on offering a large number of surprises that we thought would be fun. Uh, very interesting to, and I mean, I, I feel like Nintendo always has a, uh, like, you know, on, on the like list of priorities, like fun is all, always like on the top of the list and it's kind of like underlined. Um, but like replacing the like ramp up in difficulty with a ramp up in fun or surprise is like, yeah, that, that actually makes more sense. Like, why would I want my experience of playing a game to be less fun, like more challenging and possibly therefore less fun as I play it? I should be having more fun. Yeah, and I mean, more surprised. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. There's like a lot of uh, points in the interview where they're talking about, um, you know, like the different ways that they were rethinking what Mario games could be. And one of them, like jumping ahead in the notes, kind of te- uh, 
uh, is similar to what you're discussing about the team felt that 2D Mario games have a reputation for being unforgiving, like hard compared oh, to yeah. 3D, the mm-hmm. 3D Mario games. Because in a 2D game, if you can't complete a level, you're just it, you're, you're stuck, just stuck yeah. right? And they tried to solve this a little bit within like um, some of the older games. With do you remember those? There was a time. Maybe was this in Galaxy Two or was this in New Super Mario Brothers? Where on Wii, where if you died a few times, they were like, "Hey, do you want to just skip this?" And you could just oh, jump funny. ahead. Um, but well, or, or like the the games will have those like uh the, like the golden tanuki suit power up where it's like right you can't really take any damage and like you can just float over the whole level if you want to exactly yeah but then uh what they talked about in these interviews is that they looked to the 3D Mario games to for inspiration since those games kind of allow players to ad- advance in like lots of different ways right yeah. there's not a single path that you can use that you have to use in order to advance. And so this is like one of the reasons, one of the changes they made is that the world map isn't completely linear, like old 2D games. It's more like the 3D games, and it looks a lot like 3D World, where you don't have to complete every challenge in order. It's all about collecting a certain number, since Mario 64, it's collecting a certain number of things, and that that unlocks your ability to advance and you can get those things in lots of different ways like in wonder you can buy wonder like wonder seeds from yeah. a store you know it's just and well, there so are a lot of them that you can get from the like little bite-sized challenge rooms that aren't even really so much challenges uh-huh. they're just like and you know obviously we'll dig into more of this uh more deeply on uh thursday um but yeah there are rooms that like you go in and it's just like uh you're in a single room and there's like a staff of music and you're just like are collecting the like large uh, flower coins and there's no chance that you're going to fail it and you still get a wonder seed at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that was something that like when you're playing it, it just kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, And uh, it's a small, it's seemingly a small change, but it really for the 2D Mario series is actually like a pretty big shift in how those games have worked yes. since the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, and there's, it's, I, I really like the note about um, uh, the things that were surprising in the original Super Mario Brothers um, became part of like the DNA, the unsurprising DNA of the Mario series. Um, and then like reconnecting with the idea that it is, it's not the Goomba and it's not the Super Mushroom that are part of the DNA it's the element of surprise. And so having to necessarily come up with new stuff to keep Mario Mario is uh, well-observed. And uh, I, I think that's so like smart and fun. Uh, and it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, this is why Nintendo, this is why Nintendo has it unlocked. Yeah. And there, there's um, a lot of points in the interview that just keep pointing back to that idea. So they talk about the development of, uh, you know, like, how to think about the game because they talk about yeah like in the original games you would enter a pipe and that pipe would take you someplace different and one of the original like concepts for wonder seeds is that you would collect a wonder seed and or a wonder flower and it would take you to a different area and then but the feedback was well that's just what pipes do so can't we just trans can we like transform the level instead like don't take you from from the level, make right. the level something new. And so it was like ways like that that they just really like push themselves in the development, which uh, 
uh, an- another area it was in the sound design. So um, uh, Koji Kondo, the famed developer or uh, like composer mm-hmm. uh, who's been working on the Mario series since the original Super Mario Brothers. He wrote that da 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 da. Uh huh. Was um the like sound producer, and his feedback to the team was, or basically they like started from scratch with the sound design. And um, one of the things he talks about in the interview is that uh quote until now we've typically joined develop like during the latter half of development. And even if I thought it would be fun for the visuals to change in response to the sound, it wasn't something we could really implement. So I was itching for a chance to do it. In the previous game, too, meaning New Super Mario Bros. series, I joined in the final phase of development, so the most I could do was make Goombas jump in time with the background music. We got involved from the early development stages of this game to come up with gameplay ideas, and the programmers also worked together to create prototypes for sound-related areas. And the reason I wanted to highlight this one was because... um, I feel like we've talked I've talked about in the past how the 16-bit era was such a um kind of like culmination of that style of gaming. Yes. Because the technology had kind of reached a point where developers were no longer limited by what was possible on in 8-bit gaming and could kind of let their imaginations run wild. And I feel like for 2D Mario the Switch has been that inflection point where they, you know, like previously in the way that the games were developed internally within Nintendo, plus the, um, you know, like the limits of technology and what how they were able to render the characters in the world. With this new entry, they've really able been able to kind of like, uh, uh, at least according to these interviews the things that they've been thinking about and wanting to do for a long time yeah they're finally able to achieve well and it it doesn't really seem or at least like it doesn't logically play for me that like um they're only able to achieve these things now for technical reasons but almost more for like philosophical reasons right that like mario was in need of a reinvention and nintendo was had like hit this schedule or like this level of clout where like they know they can just sit on something and develop it right that they can like figure out how to implement you know even even these little like presentational things of like uh you know well any any of the stuff that koji kondo is talking about here um that he's they're able to build that in from the get-go and be collaborative and creative on every level of development and not just at the end when you normally bring in the composer. They also talked about how, you know, some of this was developed when work at work from home was in effect in Japan. And it was a totally new way of working for Nintendo. And they talked about how in person, the meetings can only be a certain size because mm. you uh, of physical limitations. You can't fit everybody working on the team sure. in a single conference room for brainstorming. But with online meetings, they could, and people weren't, you know, like, they'd be working on other stuff, and then pipe in when they had ideas or, like, something like that. Yeah. So they talk about these brainstorming sessions where they were, they came up with, like, over the course of these brainstorming sessions, like, 2,000 different ideas for, um, uh, you know, like, what eventually became these wonder flowers. And Koji Kondo uh, says that one, like, his idea was, he pitched... Uh, an eight heads tall, life-size live-action Mario who hummed along with the background music as he goes along, and he would say "boing" 
out loud when he jumped. Uh, so I've read this a couple times, uh, and I am trying to wrap my head around eight heads tall. <laughs> so what is, what are we talking about? I here? think it's like you like know, four times the size of Mario. I, I think it's like a um a baby. How babies are basically three heads tall, right? And that changes as you like grow. Okay, yeah. But when sure. a baby is born, they're like whole body. Well, what does that mean is on the screen? How much space does this Mario on I, screen take? I, th- up? I think it's like imagine Mario. Okay. Mario's head, and then like eight. Okay. So not like enormous, not like giant Mario from New Super Mario Brothers. Right. But, but a significantly still, taller. Still like four times the size Mario. of Mario. And, you know, like, I think Koji Kondo's point, and they kind of uh, laugh about this in the interview, was like, as the elder statesman of Mario, right. he felt a responsibility to pitch this crazy idea yes. to give everybody else freedom to be like, hey, Hey, it's not as crazy as Kondo's idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. More like so crazy he's a safe space. <laughs> yep. Crazy old Koji Kondo. Um, I that idea feel it that the, the, someone pitching that idea and a legend at Nintendo pitching that kind of idea. That's the sort of thing that makes me go. Well, you know what? Maybe everybody want to switch. Like that makes sense. <laughs> Like, it's really, like, two steps removed from, like, yeah, a dude in a horse mask is, <laughs> right. is hosting a bunch of minigames. Like, right. yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Totally. Um, they also, uh, you and know. He would say boing. <laughs> he would say boing out loud. Boing. This, like, live action yeah. Mario. Chris Pratt? We'll yeah, never know. Who knows? Um, the other, uh, th- talking about the kind of, like, development of the game and what they were able to do with the expressiveness of the characters and the new animation style um, uh, Manis, Mana, Masanobu, sorry, Sato, who's the art director for the game, talked about how, uh, in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Goombas, when they run into Mario, they have this, like, biting animation. Yeah. And this is because, quote, I heard that someone once asked Miyamoto-san why Mario takes damage when he bumps into a Goomba from the side in the original Super Mario Brothers game. Apparently, he answered, it's because the Goombas bite him. And, and, and he continues, during the development of New Super Mario Brothers, I simply thought these were the established rules for expressing these characters. Just like having, um, this is me editorializing, like uh, a Goomba walks into Mario, Mario shrinks, you know, like that's just how that's these what, characters. That's how it is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, continuing his quote, but when I heard this story, I thought we can actually make these expressions come alive with today's hardware. I want to bring those details to life. This illustrates the evolution that the development team was able to accomplish with this game. So yeah. it's just kind of like, again, just challenging mm-hmm. the basic tenets of Mario and pushing it just a little bit further. Yeah. Well, and like the the Goombas in particular are such an interesting example of this because they've been around since the beginning, right? Um, and, uh, you know, in, in the their first couple iterations, literally all they do is walk, right? Like you can't really... Con- nothing can make them do anything but walk and get stomped, right? Um, And, like, in the the 3D Mario games, sometimes they will, like, notice you and charge at you, but, like, also then that's really it, too. In Wonder, they uh watch you when you when they get when you get close to them they will like freak out a little bit when someone gets uh, a goomba friend gets stomped right next to them they react to it um there's this biting animation that you uh pointed out 
Um, wh- there's a wonder flower where you become a Goomba and you can control the Goomba's pupils uh, with the thumbstick. So like whichever way, if you're pushing right, the Goomba's walking to the right, but his, also his eyes are pointed to the right. If you're pointed up a little bit, the Goomba's eyes like go up. Like there's just so much little expression everywhere, um, even in something as simple as a mushroom with, uh, you know, a mouth, two eyes and two feet. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the things I've noticed is in the trailers and everything, you could pay attention to those, yeah, like details. But I, I don't know if this has been this way for you, but when I'm playing, I mostly don't see all of that because I'm so focused on like the platforming yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. But it's uh, it it is fun when you discover those details or you see them, and when you're watching somebody else play or something like yeah, that, yeah. it just makes the world feel so much more alive. And you know, I have i liked the new super mario brothers series i think those were uh all on a spectrum of fun games yeah you know but the con the contrast between that and this new one even though they're both rendering you know like new super mario brothers u on hd hardware yeah but the uh it but it feels to me as big of an evolution as going from you know, like uh, a world to new Super Mario Brothers in like the fidelity of what is being yeah, achieved sure. on Switch. You know I, what I mean? Like yeah. just the world feels so yeah. much more alive. I agree. I mean, I, I think it, I think it's even uh, it's on like a, a, a different scale. Like, uh, fr- frankly, um, you know, I I, I don't uh, I don't like to think of uh, video games in terms of like a ten po- point scale or even like you know any sort of like number rating. I'm I'm a little bit like get out of here with that. Um, but the new Super Mario Brothers games, I feel like they're always, like, uh, really fun sevens, you know? Like, games that totally work, but, like, aren't changing the universe or whatever. Yeah, I feel like the thing with the new Super Mario Brothers series yeah. is that mechanically... Sound. Sound. Like, the platforming itself mm-hmm. is great. The, uh, like, world around it, the presentation it was always a little... And not... I really shouldn't say always. On, like, new... On the DS, like... It it never it felt different. It felt felt different, but it didn't feel like bad. But it, I feel like when it became right, like on for whatever reason, like the Wii version, especially Wii U, yeah, kind of uh, highlighted because it just hadn't changed. And like the, the little things that were like cute and like did give it life originally, like um, the Goombas dancing to the uh, little beats, the little hits in the music, um, just kind of like become stale it's the same thing with a like you're not being surprised anymore right like this thing that has become part of the mario brand has now replaced surprise you replace surprise with recognition and that's never going to be as rewarding that's yeah that's a great way of putting it but not here to dance on the grave of the new super mario brothers series (laughs) there was one last thing i wanted to point Mm -hmm. out um so at some point takashi tezuka the famed you know like um uh creator that's worked on the mario series since the original Super Mario Brothers as the assistant director, he uh, asked, he was like, wouldn't it be fun if there was like live commentary and for like during the game? And the director, Mori, talks about how he like didn't understand what, to, what Tezuka meant, but he was like, uh-huh. I took it as him just wanting a new type of experience. But apparently they did spend six months developing a live commentary feature for the game. Oh no. Where like there were different uh like there were different voices and it was they were it was providing like a a blow by blow commentary and they even had like a version that was like a little bit mean. Yeah sure. And but they talked about how, you know, uh it raised questions of like 
who was providing this commentary, you know, like in the world of Mario. And also just the thought of having to do all of the translation and then all of the voice act, you know, like work for all of that. Like it was too much, but this eventually became the talking flowers. So that they could comment on something very context specific uh, in like five word chunks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, Street Fighter Six has like com- live commentary that you not live, obviously it's uh, pre recorded commentary that you can um, turn on, uh, and like so it will comment on how you're fighting, how the match is going, and you can choose like a couple of different uh, like voices and attitudes and stuff like that. Um, I have yet to really like dig into it, but it it does seem like there is a appetite for like some sort of dynamic announcer in, in these kinds of things. Um, and I wonder how far away we are from like an AI announcer that like has been trained on, uh, you know, how to actually call these games, especially for something like a fighting game. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in sports games and stuff too, like where an announcer like makes sense, um, having live commentary in a super Mario brothers game still feels quite weird to me. Yeah, totally. I, so that that's all the stuff I pulled from the Ask the Developers. Though I those things are such treasures and yeah. in like insights. In this one in particular, they have some uh, images and a few short videos of like prototypes, like early prototypes and designs that they did that I thought were really insightful. It is funny sometimes how they get they get very um, like corporate markety speak where you're like there's no way this person actually said this but somebody went in after the fact and added this in where you know (laughs) or at least uh, i'm assuming so because in the final chapter is all about the online and uh one of the uh people that are interviewing is like and you know we hope that people take advantage of the seven day free trial for nintendo switch online Uh, you know like that sort of stuff but these are they're so good and nintendo does them for all the major releases but um, it was just really fun to watch, to read about the development of Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Well, thank you for uh, bringing them into the news. With the release of Super Mario Brothers Wonder, we no longer need to speculate on who the English language voice actors in this game are. That's right. We can still speculate who the new Wario and Waluigi are. We don't know yet. We can also speculate on who Mario, who's going to play Mario and Luigi in the next game. Like, I, I don't know necessarily that... Uh, what we have in this game is going to be prescriptive for the future. That's true. We have no proof. I would personally uh, be surprised if they decide to like continually recast Mario. Sure. But we absolutely don't know at this point. So one of the things, uh, uh, we, we, we've got them all here. I guess we can run through them real quick. Uh, Kevin Afghani, uh, as we discussed last week, um, is doing Mario and Luigi. Obviously, he is a new voice actor to the Mario series. Um, and then after that, we've got Don M. Bennett, who's taking over the role of Nabbit. Um, I uh, hadn't recognized the Nabbit voice actor before. Um, what else? Uh, Giselle Fernandez is the new uh, voice of Daisy. Um, and then kind of like everyone else is either a new character or is returning. Samantha Kelly is returning as uh, Princess Peach. Kenny James returning as Bowser. Um, Katie Segoyan returning as uh, Bowser Jr. Um, so it's just kind of like really just like selective replacements have been made in the Mario voice cast here. Yeah. Yeah. I th- uh, It just feels like Wonder was a reset for the Mario franchise. And but kind for of a soft one, though. Like, the, uh, the, the villains seem to be intact. 
Bowser's the same. Bowser Jr. is the same. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have uh, much much to uh, take away from this. I gotta say, uh, the voice acting in the game, uh, to the it's all like just exclamations and stuff. It all seems to work just fine. Yeah, I I honest I no disrespect to Charles Martinet, but no. like if I hadn't known that the Mario voice actor was replaced, I personally would not have clocked it. I mean, you've never heard Charles Martinet say "Wowie's out." <laughs> Do you think he would refuse if confronted as a at a fan? I do. I do think that. <laughs> I think he would convention. refuse. Yes. He's like out of honor. Where right. He, but where he's he, just he like would, he would stare you in the eye and say, "How dare you?" <laughs> He'd say, "Eat my shorts," or "Eat your, your shorts,", shorts. <laughs> whichever one he feels like. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser gave an interview to Inverse last week as part of the press rounds for Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And he talked a lot about what kind of environment brings about a game like a new Super Mario Brothers game. Mm -hmm. Some quotes from that, uh, talking about the freedom and time to make something unique, said, quote, what game producer Takashi Tezuka noted was that very early on in the development cycle, he really did want to give the team the freedom to explore a variety of ideas. The result was a lot of unique and creative ideas they could think about without the pressure of a deadline or the pressure of how do I actually bring this to life? One thing with the Nintendo development is we don't pressure our teams to deliver within a certain window. If they need more time, they'll take more time. And the reason for that is our players have an expectation of the quality that our games will bring. We want to make sure we respect that and deliver those wow moments. Uh, wow, zowie moments, of course. Um, the... Does this feel like it is a new word development in, in, in like I know they've always been uh, meticulous in like putting out high quality games and you know we wait for things like Breath of the Wild like Tears of the Kingdom like Mario Odyssey um but like I don't know it the, the, I, it feels like almost uh, mythical now how much they're just like it comes out when it comes out and that's okay. I think that uh it, it if I'm putting on my like cynical hat a little mm-hmm. bit i i think it's one of the talking points for super mario brothers wonder yeah I think and that is right. why everybody is hitting it yeah in the press rounds it's like you know when they're being prepped for these interviews their pr person is like and this is one of the five things we talk about with wonder yeah is how much freedom the developers were given to and how much time they like you know because uh, i think like bowser talks about in this i think it's probably true that most of the you know, big Nintendo games, we've seen them be delayed or in development for a long time. Sure. Like, I think it's true, but they didn't talk about it really that way for um, Tears of the Kingdom because that wasn't one of the talking points that they wanted to hit. Right. And I think it's just one of the PR things that they're really pressing for Wonder. So yeah. that's why I think I, we're hearing about it a bunch right I, now. I think, I think that that's probably right. Um, there's this really funny bit to me about unionization within mm-hmm. the games industry where he says, quote, we don't currently have unions at Nintendo of America. And part of that is driven by the employee feedback we see, which is a high degree of job satisfaction and engagement overall. You only have to look at our retention numbers, which are very, very high within the industry and are obviously low turnover rate as a result. Our focus has always been on creating a culture that's inclusive, has a work-life balance, and is focused on our singular mission of bringing smiles to faces. I think we're on the right path in terms of assuring we've got a work environment and culture that allows people to be productive, to have balance in their lives, and to grow within the company. Uh, and this is actually the abbreviated version of this statement. He sort of like <laughs> looped back around and made every single one of those points a second time. Uh, 
the sort of subtext being like we're too satisfied to unionize, <laughs> which is so, which like w- whatever, but it's so <laughs> is so fun. Like, and hey, you know what? It absolutely could be true for full time Nintendo of America employees, right? But it wasn't that yes. long ago no. that there were labor complaints uh, seemingly popping up all the time about their, you know, not full time Nintendo employees, but the contractors. That they use. And that they employ a lot of. Yeah, yeah, and who knows what the job satisfaction is of those people. Doug Bowser isn't talking about them. He's talking no. about the full-time Nintendo America employees. Uh, and I love that he like jumps in here kind of immediately to like cover his butt <laughs> and says, everyone has the right to form a union, and, and certainly in the future, wh- wherever it takes us, we'll respect that. Uh, and again, like loops back and makes that same point again, <laughs> yeah. uh, being like, oh, I cannot have the uh, NLRB but getting me for union busting. Exactly. It's yeah. like the the uh, uh, PR handler that was in the room, you know, was like pointing to the sign. Right. No like, labor violations in this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I don't know. Just kind of um, funny. I mean, yes, uh, not on the Nintendo of America side, but it is true that uh, th- a lot of people, um, a lot of l- longtime Nintendo employees worked on... Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, of course, directed the original and consulted on Wonder. Takashi Tezuka was assistant director on the original and was a producer on Wonder. And then Koji Kondo was composer on that the original um, and composer and sound designer for Wonder as well. Yeah, so like, in some in some way, he's he's right at least for Nintendo Japan that like they do seem to have uh, a they are good at employee retention. They keep their talent. Finally, three more cor- courses joined F-099 last week. Mute City 4? 3. Oh, 3. Okay, sorry, it should be 3. There, <laughs> Red there Canyon are, 2. There are. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a Roman numeral that doesn't exist. <laughs> I, 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 I. Hey, you know what? In the future where F-0 exists, That's maybe true. Uh, between now and the future of F-0, there's a new Roman Empire, and they Whoa. create new Roman numerals. And it's possible they in a write thousand four. years. Yeah, yeah, and that's the only thing that's different. About <laughs> that's the only thing that's different. <laughs> Everything else basically the basically same. Basically the same. Like kind of crazy how history yeah. literally repeated mm-hmm. itself uh, with re- one minor, <laughs> <laughs> with one minor change. Uh, Red Canyon two and Firefield. Uh, completing the last tracks from King League. And so the question is kind of like, where do what we go now? from yeah. here as far as new tracks? Um, I do think it's interesting that, I mean, how how long has uh, F-099 been out? About a month? It was... It premiered in the September, September Direct. September Direct. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's only um, been about a month and a half. So it's it's interesting that we've already hit like the end of the like foreseeable, predictable, um, uh, you know... Uh, uh, extra content yeah right? the rate of updates has been real fast new tracks has been pretty yeah, quick it's like what is this a fire emblem game um where you put out all your D- dlc in the first three weeks um uh but yeah it just makes me wonder what um how long of a shelf life uh, f-099 has i really enjoyed my time with f-099 and i keep meaning to go back to it um but you know now we got super mario Bros. wonder so like i don't i Are ever going back good news my Internet is back. Okay, great. And so I was able to look up because I was like, you said a month of since our last Nintendo Direct, and ha- and my gut feeling was like it's got to have been longer than that because doesn't it feel longer than four weeks ago that we had a Nintendo Direct? But I looked it up and it was uh November or sorry September fourteenth. 
So it really was not like it was like five weeks five ago. Five weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Crazy. Totally crazy. Uh, no, it, it 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 totally tracks for me. Um. Yeah, look, we're in, we're never that far away from a Nintendo Direct, right? Like, it's true. We should start talking about what we think is going to be in the February <laughs> Direct. It's coming up. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, remember, you can join our Discord by emailing us, and we will invite you in. Anthony DeLuca made our music art. Nope, he did not. I was freaking out because I sort of messed up the music transition on the way out of it. I fixed it kind of quietly, but then music was just in my head. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.